not recording, but now I am recording. This will help <laughs> significantly. Did, did you record the last part? Yes. Oh, Lucky I'm me. so proud of you. Oh, okay. Let's never do that again. Hang on a minute. I have a piece of fuzz hitting me in the mouth. That sounds disgusting. It's a little bitty, tiny, short gray hair. It's not mine. Yeah, I think we all know whose that is. Okay. <clears throat> okay, ready? From some far-flung corner of the globe. Wait. The globe is a sphere. How does it have a corner? Shut up. This is the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Now with even more Shivo and a few of their traveling friends. Each of them sharing stories of everyday experiences of travels around the world. Hello, vicarious travelers from all around the globe. Welcome back to Bangkok, Thailand. I am Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. Together, we thank you for following along with our journeys around the world. Coming up in just a moment, Paul is going to tell you about his death-fighting skills with Google Maps. But before we get into that, honey, um, happy anniversary. Thank you. It's 27, right? It is 27. It was 27 on the 27th. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like an onomatopoeia. Yeah. Or if, if that's no, not the right word. it's not. No. <laughs> I was just going to let it slide. Just roll with it. Hey, yeah. Well, again, 27 years together. Thank you, honey. Thank you. 18 months on the road together. Thank you, honey. But that's not what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Stealing my line. I wanted to address our listener who has a concern about how you treat me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think you should make a promise that you won't treat me badly. I don't treat you badly, honey. (laughs) So listener... Our listener thinks you do. Calm down. I do not, as you well know, (laughs) treat you badly. You don't. Sometimes for comedic effect, I might... You know, amplify certain aspects of my personality and and ask you to not tell the truth about a few things. But other than that... (laughs) That is true. It's fine. Listen, that's not what we're talking about on the show today. All right. What I want to talk about on the show today is you and I are both sitting here recording a show as we normally do on a Sunday um, in lovely new outfits. Yeah. We have been shopping because... Bangkok, my love, as you know, but listener, you may not know, Bangkok is known as retail therapy. There are people who take vacations to Bangkok, Thailand for no other reason than visiting the malls of which they are legion, well-stocked, and terribly overpriced, well, like all malls, uh, but there is just a lot of things you can buy here. People. Yeah, you, you can get any, pretty much anything you could get anywhere else. Especially when it comes to clothing. Oh, definitely. High-end clothes, mid-range clothes. There's cheap clothes on the streets, right. but if you go to the malls, you're looking for designer, quality stuff, whatever, you can yeah. you can get it. Yeah, anywhere. You can get it there. We did not shop the high-end mall. No, we did not. We went to the Mega Bagna. Because Bagna. you and I don't shop the high-end place anywhere. Well, first, I hate shopping. You do. Even you, though this is Bangkok retail therapy, I, it, look, it's still shopping. But you did very well yesterday. 
I had assumed when we first moved here that shopping in Bangkok meant that there would be three prostitutes shopping with us, carrying our bags, giving foot massages along the way. That didn't pan out. I wonder why. Lied to once again. Anyhow, we found some clothes. <laughs> yes. There's you actually did a fashion show. I did do you, a fashion show on Snapchat. You longer in the dressing room than I did. People like my fashion shows on Snapchat. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I get all sorts of comments. I get more feedback when I do a fashion show than anything else. I'm just going to do fashion shows all the time on Snapchat. Please don't. Please don't. Follow Evo Terra <laughs> on Snapchat for all fashion shows all the time. <laughs> You're a dork. Look, there's one store I don't mind going into because, oddly enough, I'm able to find clothes there. Me too. The name of the store is called Springfield. It has nothing to do with Rick. No, unfortunately. Oh, I'd really shop there if he was there. See? Yeah. And it's worldwide. Oh, it's worldwide, but not in the U.S. Then that's not worldwide. I know. I that's know. like an entire hemisphere that's not being, you know? True. It's, it's a lot of places. How about that? Is it in all other six continents? Do you know? I know. Um, Just think about what I said. Is it in all other six continents? Maybe. Sure. I'm sure they have one probably in Antarctica. You're right. They might. No. You never know. Anyhow. You got to be clothed there. Uh, yes. Everybody needs clothes. <laughs> no, I'm not so sure that they have you know, encounter suits and exposure suits for the winter expeditions. But I you guess. would look good. Maybe the summer expedition. Probably the not people staying down there in the winter. And and they did have Anyhow. like long sleeve stuff there, which you don't need in Bangkok. Uh, well, we don't need that in Bangkok, but uh, the people in Bangkok... Because now we're in the cool season. <laughs> yes, I know it's almost June. But that is the cool season in Bangkok. The rainy seasons have come. People here are now wearing jackets and long sleeve shirts because and it's I'm, so chilly. And I'm still sweating. <laughs> it's not cold. It's still over 40 degrees C sometimes. Yes, very much so. Anyhow, at Springfield, we have found clothes that you and I both wear, which is weird. I can actually fit in these clothes. I know. Of course, I have to modify uh, the, 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 sizing. the sizing, right? Because in, in Thailand clothes, I wear an XL. But when I buy clothes in American sizes, I wear a medium. So it's like an entire, the L is just outright. Somewhere there's a country I could buy a large in, but it's not Thailand and it's not America. <laughs> I wonder where I could buy a large. Anyhow, we're off topic once again. Uh, I believe during the shopping encounter, you, while I was in busy doing what I do best, entertaining my Snapchat audience <laughs> with a fashion show, as we have already established, you were having conversations with the sales staff of Springfield Bangna. Is this not what we were talking no, about? No, this is not what we were talking about. Where was about? this that you had this? This is at Cotton On. Oh, that shitty store next door that I hate. Got I it. I don't know why you hate it, but... Going you into that, it. I know why you hate it. Why do I it's hate it? Because it's where I get my little white and and black T-shirts. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know why I hate the Cotton On store. I think I hate the Cotton On store because it's one of those. There's an entire section of the store which is worthless crap: notebooks, pens, plastic drinking bottle, just tchotchke drugstore crap that nobody wants. But here's the deal. If you don't like it, don't go over to that area. I know. That's what I realize I need to do. Just get right. the hell away from, from that particular area. It's kind area. of like Facebook. What? <laughs> 
if you don't like something somebody's saying or whatever, just uh, ignore it and I go see. off. I see. Because I, I didn't find the ignore button. Where's the report spam? <laughs> it's it's the walk away button. Where's the let me go off for 20 hours and post how miserable I am <laughs> about life? That's what Facebook is. Anyhow, we're not talking about Facebook. That's right. We were not at Springfield. We'd already done our shopping there. Right. You were having a conversation with one of the sales staff in no. Cotton On. Who the hell were you talking to? <laughs> Maybe you should tell the story. I should probably tell the story. I was talking to another uh, uh, patron. Person. Yeah, another patron. And speaking of patrons, uh, thank you, patrons, who are <laughs> Patreon page, patreon.com slash op travelers. Please continue, my dear patrons. Wow. That was like slid that in there. Yeah. Um, So I was standing in. I needed some uh, some things for going to work out. So Muay Thai shorts. You need workout clothes. I did. And um, so I had already picked up a couple things. I'd gone in and tried on um, some shorts and some shirts and and some sports. Oh wait, a sports bra and a sports bra. Okay. And so I was going back over to see if they had. Any other options after I had tried everything on? Uh, other sizes, sizes of those three items. Right. I understand. So I went back over there and there was uh, two ladies that were standing there. One of them was um, about my size, like width-wise, but taller. And so she's the one who said, how do I know what size? Ah, I these wear? were not Thai nationals. No, 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 These no, were no. Farang like us? Yes. Where were yeah. they from, do you think? They were, were they not American? From the, no, they were not. no. Um, and they weren't from the UK because um, she was concerned about the size and there was a, a, a grid that showed you different sizes. Right, they typically have UK sizing. Right. and they had a US size and tie. Ah. And so she wasn't from any of those three. Understood. She had a slight accent, but wasn't anything Who major. Knows? And... So as we're sitting there, I, I tell her, I said, you know, the, the shorts, normally in the U.S., I would wear a large. Okay. Strangely here, they're a medium. Hmm. Right. That is odd. Which is odd. Thai butts typically are smaller than American butts. A lot smaller. Mm-hmm. And so that was a little interesting. And then we got to talking about the sports bras. Okay. And um, they also had kind of a grid to show you what your sizes were. But right. We, that's where we started talking about um, support okay. of sports bras. Because there, for those of you that may not know, there are different levels of support in various sports bras. Some offer very little support. Some offer more support. Some are our medium support. And I am finding that I have trouble finding them with more support you have trouble finding bras that actually do what they're supposed to do and that's keep the girls locked in place while you're jumping around right right so i had gone into the there was a nice little sports bra and it seemed like it had a decent amount of support so i'd gone into the the dressing room tried it on jogged in place jogged in place (laughs) yes because you've got to kind of test test to see how well they keep the girls in place so did not pass the test, so I had gone back to... It was to, a light support sports oh, bra. Oh, yeah, yeah, not good. Plus, I, I think I needed, like, support in getting into it as well. It wasn't a an easy... You need those three <laughs> prostitutes shopping with you to put your bra on right. every day. You also get that in Bangkok. Exactly. Move here. Um, so, anyway, so I was telling her all about that, and so she's like, oh, this has been a very helpful conversation. <laughs> 
curious. You say that there are different levels of support when it comes to sports bras. I want to know what sport it is you're playing where you do not need heavy duty support. What do you, do you wear these bras during chess matches? Is that well, it, it? A lot of it has to do with size. So the bigger, but you don't are, you always want? more support i mean look guys have jocks athletic right. supporters do they come in different support levels no they're designed okay. to keep the boys tucked up so they don't get injured yeah. again we don't wear jocks when we're going to a chess match <laughs> <laughs> We've been location independent, traveling the world for a while, for two years. Uh, now we've been in Mexico for just about six months. We're on the Pacific Coast side, almost right at the bottom towards Guatemala. We're on the move. We, we spent most of our time in the Baja Peninsula, uh, and now sure. we're running, you know, we're making our visa run to Guatemala. So uh, it's, we're moving every weekend to get closer and closer and closer. Paul takes this whole digital nomad thing seriously, because when he says we, he means his whole family. Check out Nomad Together, where you can see other location-independent families uh, via our Facebook group, where you can check out our book. And if you're inspired at all by traveling the world with kids and dogs, uh, we'd be happy to help over at nomadtogether.com. What these people do makes our two-person journey for the last 18 months seem like child's play. But I'm getting ahead of the story. I'm Paul Cortman from HomeAlongTheWay.com. We are a family of six with two dogs traveling the world like crazy nomads, proving that you don't have to be single to be location independent. With the right application of stick with itness and technology, Paul and his family successfully navigate the world, except when that technology fails them. Then it's pretty funny. It seems to happen every time. We use Google Maps, and it you know how Google Maps tells you you're going to arrive at your destination at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and you're driving for five hours or whatever. Okay, sure. great, sure. As you're driving, that 2 o'clock continues to increase and increase. And either Google Maps is telling us that we suck at driving or that Mexico is awful. And I can't tell the difference, but we are driving a 37-foot Class A motorhome pulling a 20-foot trailer with a minivan on top of it. So it's not like we can drive really fast. We're gargantuan. And we've had problems like throwing out the transmission in North Carolina, coming out of the highest mountain east of the Mississippi. We've had problems of burning through the brakes and not having brakes while going down mountains. So, you know, we've seen our string of issues. But this, this was something else entirely. Google Maps coming into a town and google maps says turn right we're actually in a town and it gets pretty hairy when you're driving a gargantuan vehicle in these mexico streets and so you know i just pay attention i'm driving really slow and we're like an hour or two later than google already said so it's approaching three or four o'clock in the afternoon and you're mm -hmm. not allowed to drive at night in mexico because it's completely awful and dangerous and you'll die so oh. that's just a rule uh and the road that it says to turn right on is basically a glorified alley. And hmm. for me to get in there would be literally impossible. There is no physical way 
like physics would not allow me to turn in there. And so I was like, heck no, and just went straight because I'm in traffic and I got to keep going. And so then Google right. says redirecting you and it says take three lefts to then, you know, go around the block and right. and then go down that road. OK, fine. I can try that because Google is really determined to send me down this road. Now, I'll right. make a little signpost. As I go straight, I pass the fire station, the fire truck station, um, mm -hmm. Bomberos, for those of you who yeah. speak Spanish. And I go around the block. The first left turn, not so bad. Had to wait for a couple of taxis to clear. Made it. Second left turn, I'm okay. The third left turn, ain't no way. We're back to this tiny little alley road, and I cannot make the turn. And yeah, because so three there. lefts make a right. That's what you're going to. It's putting you back on that exact same road again that you've already determined that with your – and again, that's a 37-foot motorhome with a 20-foot trailer that has an SUV on top of said trailer. That's what you are – traveling through this humble burg of mexico in yeah yeah and for some reason you know you're making these decisions last minute it's not like nasa where you have everything calculated out and everybody knows what's going on and if this then that it's like yeah. oh my goodness i can't make this turn okay well then just keep going oh it says to turn here okay i'll do that uh, whatever google says and mm -hmm. uh and then I get around and so we stop and we're just like, OK, we're on a quiet street. We can stop here. People can still get past us. It's not that big of a deal. And we start looking around and people at the restaurant are like, oh, I'll move my car. I'll move my car. And so suddenly cars start moving and we're like, OK, Great. now I think we can make this turn. And so we make mm. this turn. This only took 20 minutes or so because, you know, I had to go back and forth a bunch of times and these cars didn't yeah. move far enough. Now I'm on this lane. Great. Google Maps is happy with me. Awesome. And so I drive up and I'm hitting tree branch after tree branch after tree branch. I am almost hitting cars on both sides. And it's Ooh. a paranoid ride to go one block down yeah. from where we originally were supposed to turn right. We had to go one more block and then turn left. Hmm. And so we turned left and went. And all of a sudden, as we're going down this road, there's this hill. And you kind of go, okay, you know, this is like in, in the U.S., it wouldn't have even been a 25-mile-an-hour road. I mean, it's just a small, tiny little road. And okay. suddenly there's this gargantuan hill on there. And like San Francisco, and let me just explain Ooh. a moment about our RV. It's a gas RV. It's not a diesel, so it doesn't have gears mm. like a, like a semi-truck. And so when sure. I get to this hill, and I'm only going maybe 10 miles an hour when I approach this hill, I step on it and gun it as fast as I can. Yeah, we got to get up. And there's, you know, literally 13 tons that we're pulling that we've got to get up this hill. And literally halfway up the hill, nothing. I'm fully stepping on the gas. Oh. And we are at a complete standstill. And we start to roll backwards. Gravity while starting stepping to on win. the gas. Yeah. Mm. And so it's like, oh, crap. Now what? So... A couple of guys around, you know, the locals, they tend to try and be helpful and all this. But yes. this what we realize, what we found out later is this is the main footpath from the parking lot to the beach where the locals go. And so it's kind of like, yeah, like people where a place where people walk. Sure. So they they walk from their parking spot through these city streets over to the beach. And so as we were going down the street, we're constantly having to deal with people walking in the street and like groups of 10 people just kind of meandering to the beach. And so right. it's not like they're walking on the sidewalk or whatever. And so now I'm stuck and I have to go backwards. 
and I'm okay oh, with backing up, but yeah. there's people all over, and they're they're just you know the best part about Mexico, they're tranquilo, you know they're yes. just chill, right? Relax. You know, no big deal. There's a 13 ton vehicle coming backwards down this hill, and I'm walking behind it. Tranquilo, oh. I'm gonna take my time. So I'm pulling my hair out, which I'm most mostly bald, and so now there's we nothing know left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we back up. So we get down off this hill and we say, okay, what's the other way around? And they're like, turn here. I can't make that turn. Turn here. Turn around here. And it's like, people, I cannot turn around at all. And so finally they (laughs) say, back all the way down the way you came. And at that intersection where you wanted to turn right and you had to go three lefts to make it through, at that intersection, go past the Bombero, go past the fire station up that hill. And you'll be where you want to be. Oh. So you mean okay. I shouldn't have turned right in the first place? No, you should have gone straight. <laughs> I freaking hate you, Google Maps. So we back all the way down here, right? And we get back into this nasty alley and we're backed up. And now here's the the street I need to be on and I need to turn left here and we stop traffic and maneuver like six times. It's a 30 point turn kind of Austin powers mm-hmm. style. And we mm-hmm. make that corner. We get in front of the Bombero station. We're going up the hill. The hill is a super easy hill. I can do it with my eyes closed. And this taxi coming from the left turns to go down the hill. And for some reason decides he wants to be in my lane and yeah. he hits me. And just drags oh. all the way across 37 feet of my motorhome, <laughs> taking out my fender, wrecking my frame, knocking off this other thing. And I pull over and I'm dumbfounded. We were five minutes away from our destination. Five <laughs> minutes. We've spent an hour now getting stuck, getting stuck again, trying to get up a hill, now backing down the hill. And now a taxi driver hits me. My kids, I've got four kids in this vehicle and they are running up the wall hungry and we're exhausted. It's been a long day. This turned out to be a 12 hour drive day for us. And so I got out and then it's like, okay, well, the police are right there because it was at the Bombero station. And so now it's like, well, okay, now you got to talk in all Spanish because nobody speaks English and blah, blah, blah. An hour later, they finally paid me. And away I drove. Yeah, I got $270 out of the deal and two hours late um, just sitting in this two block area in this town. So I love Sayawataneo. I just hate that two block area. Had we not turned right, we wouldn't have gotten hit by a taxi. We wouldn't have gotten stuck and we would have arrived in plenty of time without any other misturns. I hate you, Google Maps, but I use you every day. So <laughs> I, it's, it's like the bad girlfriend that you can't get rid of. And that's the show. If you follow the blog or our Facebook page, you probably noticed some new One Minute Memories videos posted. We sort of got out of the habit of that, but they're coming back. So if you need a break in your hectic day, watch one of my little short videos. And if you like them, 
I'd love some feedback. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for all of the music used in this episode. For Evoterra, I'm Sheila D. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Cheers from Bangkok! Funding for this podcast and all the great content Shivo produce is made possible by listeners just like you. Visit shivo.wtf slash postcards to pledge your support and get a handwritten postcard each month as they travel abroad. Additional funding provided by Travelsmith, inspiring people to go places they've never been and keeping Shivo looking smart and well outfitted on their journey. And if you want to travel the world, it's cheaper than you think. Visit shivo.wtf, how appropriate, for more details and click on the house sitting link to find out exactly how they afford to travel the world in style. See you next time on the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. <laughs>